friends, welcome back to Captivate Podcast. You're with Mike and Andy. Mike, how's it going? I'm very good, Andy. How are you going? Same, same. Very good as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. It's happened. It has. Finally. Your boss is on the show. Yeah. Were you nervous? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we, 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 have a, we have a pretty good relationship, so. Yeah, he's um, pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my boss, uh, Pastor Dan Beasy, is on with us today. Reverend Pastor. Reverend Pastor Dan Beasy. Yes, Correct. this is his official, official title. Um, so, yeah, so he is the lead pastor of the, the church that I serve at as well, Ross Trevor Baptist Church. Um, he is an avid Carlton supporter. Uh, for those who follow AFL will know what that means. Um, you know, he identifies with a lot of suffering uh and you know being that carlton is a victorian team and he serves in a church in adelaide he gets a lot of flack for that uh rather than supporting a team that's in adelaide but that's uh, what you're supposed to do yeah right yeah okay. well, but he is from victoria in his defense so you know so that's all good and what are we talking to dan about today andy i feel like we I feel like I'm not the best person to respond to this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is weird because we just had this conversation. But I feel like we um, talked about a range of things. Yeah, we kept on com- everything. Yeah, we kept on coming back to the topic of community. Yeah, and how um, our churches sometimes struggle with uh, understand, or people in our churches struggle to understand what it means to be living out their faith in a communal sense. Mm. And so Dan had some really good insights on on how to how we can be pastoring people with that mindset, helping them to see that church is not the building. Like we often talk about churches being like, I'm going to this church and we mean the building. Right? Mm. So mm. he had some really good insights on, on, on that, that it's not the building, the church is the people. Um, and again, I think it can quite easily become a cliche, that term, mm. that church is people. Yeah. But he actually, I think, helped us through some practical ways of, of helping people understand that. So mm. it's good. Mm. I enjoy that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just a really good catch up with Dan. Yeah, yeah. Today. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, felt like one of our other meetings, really. Just, yeah. <laughs> Staff meeting. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we won't spoil everything for everybody. Yeah. We'll um, roll the tape on the interview and we hope that everyone else enjoys it as well. Dan, welcome to Captivate Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us. How are you going today? I'm doing well, thanks, guys. It's good to be here. Good to be here in my office with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. with you, with you Which is also a glorious <laughs> recording studio. Yeah, <laughs> it has been. It's a good setup. Uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Cool. Well, before we jump into the conversation, I thought maybe you could tell us a bit more about yourself. Um, who's in your family? Your ministry experience? How did you come to faith? All those things. Yeah, you have. 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or is that, is that too long? Oh, you have five. I don't yeah, know. No, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my name's uh, Dan and I currently serve here as um, at Ross River Baptist as a lead, lead pastor, have been for um, the last uh, four years and been in the community here for nine. Uh, married to Ellie. Uh, we've been married coming up 10 years uh, this uh, this year, so this November. And so that's been a, a, a both a, a wonderful journey and uh, and a challenging one, all the all the same. And uh, that's that's life and marriage. We have uh, we have one dog uh, whose name's Ty, and uh, he's been he's been with me for about fifteen years uh, now. So I'm a uh, I'm a country boy. So I grew up in uh, country Victoria, in a little town uh, called Mildura, uh, on the 
uh, kind of in the corner of uh, New South Wales and yeah. South Australia, Victoria. So and uh, so I was there. Uh, my uh, my dad was a my dad worked in uh, in the government, uh, but also did some lay pastoring work in in Mildura. So. I kind of grew up in in a ministry in a pastoral family, yeah. And my granddad was actually a a mission uh, a missionary you'd call him, um, but into um, Adelaide in a way, and uh, into Victoria you'd run a lot of different uh, kind of events and crusades and music uh, things with teaching and preaching. So that was what he did, as well as being a range of a whole lot of other things. So I guess as part of my faith journey, I yeah, I've grown up around people who yeah have our whole family's kind of been in yeah in ministry and in faith and so a lot has been deposited in me from from them but it wasn't it was probably when I was about eight years of age that I put my trust in Jesus there was a, a big festival that came through Mildura <clears throat> called the Raising Dust Festival and it had yeah. uh, a number of uh, musical artists and at that point in time they asked they just did an old old school kind of call and yeah. called people down uh, would you like to put your trust in Jesus come down the front and I and I did I don't really know how it all happened I just found myself going down the front and then I remember walking home that night that's what you did in Mildura you know yeah. <laughs> you were at that age you just wandered around and so I walked home and I said to I said to mum and dad I I want to trust Jesus, and I don't. I think Dad didn't think I did it properly, and so <laughs> he made me. He made me give my life to Jesus again. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, in um, in bed that night, and so I gave my life to Jesus a second time on the same night, and so that was um, so that was that was the start of it all. And when I was around about I don't know ten, twelve, something like that, it's all a bit hazy now. But I remember uh, giving my first communion service to my family i just set it up in our lounge room and ran a yeah, ran a nice. communion service i think it was my sister and you know she uh she probably handed around the bread and you know uh and whatever and so i don't know from that age i just had this sense that you know ministry and pastoral leadership was something that i was going to get into mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until then i was about 16 uh that i had a i've never heard god speak audibly to me it's never been something that i've i've actually had but I have on this one occasion had this, uh, or probably two occasions actually, this distinct uh, hearing from God that wasn't audible, it was just in, internal type of thing that just said, um, uh, yes, but not yet. And it was that sense that uh, you will get into pastoral leadership, but not now. And so at 16, I felt that very, very clearly. And so I then spent the next eight years or so um, managing Tempin Bowling Centres. I just did things that I loved doing. And so I uh yeah i always wanted to do um management and recreation kind of gear and so that's where i kind of went but then at about 23 something like that i was um spraying shoes at woodville bowl when i was uh managing managing there and i had that same distinct feel from god again that uh, now's the time and so from there i uh put in my resignation at woodville bowl uh and then went and did bible college um did a Bachelor of Ministries, major in Biblical Studies, then did a uh, couple of years of uh, um, PLT, which is a pastor leader training, did a couple of years at Arrow, and so overall about eight or nine years of ministry mm. development, and that's kind of where I find myself wow. uh, now yeah. here. So that's yeah. a little bit of a little bit of me, my family, and uh, yeah, and background. Cool, very good. Yeah. 
We pretty well hit off all of the questions that we had. Yeah, so thanks, oh, for, yeah. <laughs> thanks for your time, mate. Uh, yeah. um, so, yeah, so you, um, outs- outside of your, your current role and that kind of thing, um, what are you passionate about? There's one one thing you haven't mentioned that's a big part of your life. That, that is. Is that yeah. are you referring to AFL? Yeah. <laughs> yeah What's so, that? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I am an AFL fanatic. Uh, I am a Carlton fan and actually talking about my family before, uh, my great granddad used to play for Carlton and yeah. my great uncle played for Carlton. So yeah. Is that the team, Mike, that you said is not very good? Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I've, learned, uh, I've learned suffering over the last yeah. 25, 25 years. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so footy is a, uh, a big part of what I do and what I like mm. and Friday nights, Saturday nights spent watching, uh, yeah, watching the footy. Uh, the other thing I, I love doing is, and I'll and actually, just after this, I'll be going and playing uh, around a golf. So yeah. just enjoy getting out and uh, hitting a few balls and uh, ruining a good walk is yeah. pretty much how it, <laughs> pretty much how it works for me. Yeah. But no, I am wanting to get my handicap down this year. Uh, I want to get it. I want to get it below. I don't know below fifteen, but yeah. I think that's a very very big ask. So that's yeah. a big hairy yeah. audacious goal that I. Um, yeah, I need to play a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, well, um, being your role as lead past to you, um, you know, you lead uh, the, the theming and vision for, for each year here at um, Ross Trevor. Um, and um, recently you just uh, kicked off our theme for 2020, uh, following King Jesus together. Um, so I think most of us kind of get the first three words of that that you know a church might want to follow king jesus and that might be something they might want to seek want to, to do um but what like you emphasize that we do this together what what's what's behind that can you give us a bit of explanation yeah. i think uh what's behind it is a personal well, there's a number of things actually when i think about it is a personal belief that uh, following Jesus is a pursuit that is actually best done together. Uh, I, I just, I think that's how it's designed to be. I think that's how uh, that's how it actually works best. Is that we, our faith is something that is personal. We all have a personal faith, but our faith is not a private faith. Um, our faith is to be lived out in community. It's to be lived out uh, together, and I think it's also just a really helpful corrective to some of the. Uh, the individualism of today and and faith as well. Um, like you can go, uh, you can go anywhere today and get good content. Like we're on, you know, podcasts. You can go to blogs. You can go anywhere and get good good content. But uh, the transformation uh, that can happen in community, uh, the experience of God, encounters with God, when you got a group of people following Jesus together. For me, there's just something more significant and powerful about that, and it's actually how it's meant to, um, how it's actually meant to be. Mm. Um, I, I also just theologically too, I think it's important because, you know, even in the beginning, our story starts with, <laughs> um, it's not good for man to be alone, yeah. and there's, yeah. and also our, our God is a God of community, and mm. so. Uh, when I think of all of that, I go, well, the whole thing is actually meant to be done, you know, is meant to be done together. Yeah. And so probably just personal belief, um, theologically, it all lines up for me. Uh, but also um, probably the bigger one is that Jesus actually, well, not just the bigger one, but Jesus modelled it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. see Jesus invited, you know, his three people close. You had Peter, James and John. They were close to him. Then he had his 12 and he he did life with them. He uh 
he taught them what it looks like to follow him and to live out his, you know, as I shared on Sunday, his words, his works and his ways. And, and so we're meant to just do this. We're meant to do this thing together. Mm. So I, yeah, I just, as I look at the person of Jesus, I see that's what he did. And, and it's a, I don't know, I, I get a sense sometimes that it's easy to um, work on our relationship up with God and have that passionate spirituality. But yeah. it is a challenge when you uh, to work on the choosing community part. And yeah. so I think for me as well, part of it was to say, uh, yeah, it's just a helpful corrective and to say, hey, we've got to choose this thing. Like it doesn't just happen. It's not easy. Community is not easy. And, yeah. But it's important. Yeah. And I think it's it's probably also a cultural thing too because like speaking theologically obviously makes sense to say that faith is meant to be lived out in a community we all know that and if we've been in church our whole lives this is not surprising uh, like you know in a secular context say things like um, my faith is my private thing and I think the the, the personal aspect of faith and the um, the other aspect of faith which is like they were supposed to publicly live it out that that gets confused you know so um, I wonder if if you could maybe help us sort of understand the distinction a bit more and how the culture, 21st century white Anglo-Saxon culture, uh, approaches this and how we can maybe, not just in a uh, church setting, but in a secular setting, help people see that faith is not something that's meant to just be individualistic, private, but more something that's uh, meant to be a communal expression of following following God, following Jesus. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm no... Um... You know, I, I'm not a cultural analyst, uh, but I so I let other people kind of speak into that and how the culture actually works. But my my general feel is that uh, that we we have a culture of convenience as well today, and uh, and our culture is like we're the most um, connected generation ever. Uh, there's no doubt about it. With you know. Um, iPhones, tablets, internet, you know, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. The most connected generation, but we're also the most isolated uh, generation ever. And that's and that's causing significant problems. Um, that's causing significant mental health challenges, anxiety, depression, all sorts of things that are, are the result of our uh, disconnection uh, from real, real relationship. Uh, and so the, what, what the, a Christian community or a community can actually uh, can offer is is something that our culture actually I think needs in, um, and I think our culture generally needs community. Um, my personal belief as a follower of Jesus is that it, it needs um, it needs community centered around Jesus uh, yeah. as well, uh, because we all have that spiritual uh, life to us and that spiritual sense that needs fulfilling as well. So I think it, yeah, it's the convenience. At, at, it's like, let's be honest, it's convenient just doing things your own, yeah. mm. you know, your own way. Like I think of, I think of marriage and I think of, uh, you know, when I used to set my own budgets, how simple that right. it was just yeah. me <laughs> sitting around a table. I could yeah. spend money on what I wanted to do. And yeah. now when you get married, you, you don't, you have to think about where the money goes and there's yeah. somebody else there. So it's not as, yeah. it's not as convenient. You don't mm. have things your own way. So I think that's something that we're constantly pushing up against in our culture today is, yeah, is the individualism and the, uh, the convenience of. Right, right. Yeah. yeah that's mm. true. Yeah. Do you think that's, um, do you think that's unique to, like when we say our culture, we're talking about, like, as you said, 21st yeah. century white Anglo-Saxon uh, mm. culture. Uh, but when you think about, you know, like we have 
uh, a number of different cultures that attend here, as mm. as Ross Trevor called that um, church mm. home. Um, like, is is that a distinction just of us and this this um, you know more connected than ever, but more isolated than ever, um, being a thing that's um, you know technology is kind of highlighting that for us. Mm. That is something that's always been kind of underlying. Um, mm. Yeah, is that individualism just you know part of our culture, or is you know are you seeing it in across the across culture. or across cultures as well? Or interesting, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, really good to think about that. I think generally, I think it is um, my experience and my observation is that it is much more a Western, white mm. Western, you know, culture yeah. um, thing. Uh, like, but certain like. And certainly, you know, if you just take some of our uh, ethnic communities here, there is a much more sense of togetherness, I think, mm. in terms of uh, uh, yeah, family, yeah, uh, yeah. conversation. There's more of a plural we, you know. Yeah. Like, the uh, language even is different. Language, yeah. language is different. Mm. Uh, so I think, it, I think it is a challenge, you know, more yeah. so for the white, yeah. uh, white Western church uh, than it is for, yeah, other language um, or other ethnic um, communities here as well. What's what, what's fascinating as well is, and I only just saw this meme yesterday, so I just bring it up. Is uh, you know, we talk about uh, you know, technology today, and you just mentioned that yeah. before. You know, you saw this meme yesterday though of even back in the fifties and sixties, people just on trains and buses still uh, isolating themselves with a paper. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of back then, people were yeah. still. You know, yep. zoomed in on a tabloid. Now we're just on a, you know, on a tablet. So yeah. it's just a different, it's just a different way. So in, I think there's always this pull to self, mm. and I think that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a pull to me. Yeah. Um. And part of saying that we do things together in community is actually saying there's more. It's more than me. You know, mm. I think that's one of the yeah. key messages of the gospel and discipleship is to actually say it's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually more. It's more than me. And so mm. how do we, how do we continually uh, lead yeah into that way yeah yeah i think um you know we need to be aware as well like you know we see um I've, yeah just got down here like you know bible seems to prefer community um but you know we we're aware that the the communities within the bible aren't white western culture mm -hmm. you know they're israelite community as a nation is kind of like you know that they've got their little uh groups and tribes and all that kind of stuff they're all centered around um yahweh as as god um you got the early church meetings so are all kind of you know in their massive kind of communities or small groups or you know depending on which part of the bible you're reading yeah and then they're centered around you know jesus um but they're not that white western um individualist culture um so for us to kind of look there we could go well that's that's not us, um, but you know what we've we've said that there's value in that. Mm. Um, you know, so if we're going to see we're going to see value in that and go well, our our culture doesn't necessarily um, have the advantages that community gives us. Like, and um, yeah, like what 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 does it look like? What language do we you know is is the difference between you know a Christian who seeks to follow Jesus alone? And as someone who you know seeks to choose community, as you say, um, and, and do it within that. Yeah. What what what's what's the language? Yeah, the language, or just like you know the the attitude differences. Yeah. Yeah. I think I th I, th I think the I think it is a it, it is part of a push to. I'm kind of sharing it earlier, just away from self. Um, 
there is a continued there's a continued push towards self within us all, and that's mm. you know that's that that's the that's the result of um you know of ultimately of sin, which is ultimately what sin is. It's a it's a it's an isolating <laughs> it's an isolating thing, and yeah. so I think it's a I think somehow we need to actually celebrate um, more so the the time that we spend together and the community time. So I think there's probably a value that needs to be put on that that we mm. probably don't. Uh, put enough on so anything that would would say that there is a community that being in community is important for who we are and for our world and mission mm. I think would be a language that we need to uh, that we need to talk about you know Erwin McManus years ago I remember hearing said um, the church is not here for you mm. you are the church and you are here for the world yeah, and so I think that's a helpful language and corrective yeah. to say mm, that the church is not a uh, we, we know this, but we know this up here in our yeah, head, but yeah. it's more difficult to, to live it out. But we know the church isn't a building. This yeah. is just a, it's just bricks and mortar, mm, you know. Mm. Uh, we are the church. Yeah. So what does it look like to live the live out the, the church? And, and the other thing with that as well is, I think another helpful corrective on the individualism thing and community too is that uh, the church is not here for you. You are the church, but you are here for the world. Like yeah. our togetherness and our community isn't just for ourselves. So mm. we don't just come together for a nice cosy huddle. Yeah. Uh, Jesus called us together for mission. Mm. Um, one of my little is it axioms or idioms is that often uh, close fellowship happens because mission doesn't. Mm. And so I think when whenever there's not a, a, a drive for mission, a drive to see people uh, come to face, to see renewal and restoration in the world, we will just resort back to uh, kind of cosy community. But community is not actually just meant to be cosy. It is meant to be that challenge and mm. encouragement for us to actually be on, be on mission. So mm. I think it's yeah, that really understanding of who the church actually is yeah, actually, yeah. is and it's not a building; it's you and I. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very true uh, what you said in terms of, I guess, us having the head knowledge or theological understanding of what the church is, but then practically, more often than not, I think people just turn up to church on Sunday and think that they've done, they've done church, they've done church, and then you know, home groups, connect groups, however you want to label those things, are optional. Mm. And mission, what's that? You know, <laughs> we don't even we don't even think about it. So my my question for you is uh, with your pastoral experience or maybe even your pastoral desire for this community that you're yeah. pastoring now, mm. how would you practically see um, people coming to that, that, that paradigm shift, that understanding of, of their identity as a church, not the building, not just Sunday morning thing, but actually, you know, togetherness that releases them for mission? Mm. Yeah. I think uh, a, a, lot of it, a lot of it is... Uh, it, in some ways, it's banging on about the same thing over and over yeah. again mm. until people go, you, you know, you, it's talking about that, you know, yeah, for, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. getting bored. Like, so in some way, it's just that continued reminder and speaking about it. But just a couple of little things that, you know, I at least try to do and never don't always get it right because that's just how life works is um, try to speak about, you know, when I'm, if I'm at the front, I'll say, you know, Turn to the person near you and, and welcome them to our gathering or something, you know, oh, today. Right. So it's just trying to get away from the saying, welcome to church. Mm. Okay, yeah. Uh, just actually trying to say, you know, welcome to our, our gathered 
you know, service. Our welcome to our service today in one way is mm, actually a, a help, more helpful way of speaking about it because mm. uh, the church is both, we're meant to be both a gathered people and a sent people. Mm. And what we do here uh, gathers us together on a, on, a, on a Sunday or whenever we meet. We, we meet here as an expression across, you know, eight different services across the life of this community. So, But when we come together, uh, it's it's the church gathered. Mm, yes, <laughs> so yeah. we so some of those things are helpful. Yeah, yeah are helpful correctives. Uh, yeah, just in terms of trying to push into that space. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. I actually mm. haven't thought about that. I mean, language is important, <clears throat> and we've we've spoken about language before. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's very very good reframing of. There's a, there's a church, and I actually love it. And if we do a a. Uh, um, a building project here which we're in the process of trying to finalize and do the front that on the front of this church in i don't know where it is now i think it's in melbourne or sydney it actually says uh the name of the church yeah. meets here um so i thought it's like you know for uh, instance uh, here you'd say you know rough Baptist meets church here. meets here i just like that yeah. i like that idea of mm. saying uh, you know that the that this is not Ross River Baptist Church. This yeah, Ross River Baptist Church is everywhere. The, the building in which Ross River Baptist Church, Church meets. meets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. And so I've always I've got that in my you know yeah. my phone ready for the time to uh to yeah. kind of uh, insert that and yeah, bring that good. in. Uh, but yeah, just little things like that I think are yeah, yeah helpful. Yeah. And if I may just ask another question before Mike jumps in. Yeah. Uh, we always do this, right? Like, Mike has a set of questions. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I've got questions. No, sorry, but I just, you know, like my brain is working and imagining things as you're speaking. So, um, so I just want to uh, keep keep sort of addressing that uh, that question that I asked you before, and sort of like ask about maybe practical things because you mentioned language, how we use language in different ways, and how we reframe things. Um, but what do you think about like some other practical things to help people understand? Uh, this 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 uh, notion of uh, identity being you know sort of founding togetherness. So like I don't know maybe maybe um, uh, small groups emphasis or home groups or is there is there anything any strategies that you've ever come across thought of that would help people with that? Because I think there's one thing to say, you know, hey everybody, we really want you to be part of a home group, but you know whatever you can make this decision yourself. It's one thing to do it, and you know it's not wrong. I don't think because you still are speaking about stuff. But is there anything more sort of like intentional that you had on your mind? Or yeah, look, I it's a it's a good question, and you know probably my so my hesitation means I've probably got to think through it a little, yeah. bit, <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, I in, in in one way too we so connect groups are a really good yeah. a really good way. The other thing that's happened though, I and I see around the life of a life of a church is. Uh, that people are people are busy today. There's so many different commitments that people right. have, mm. and you can either fight against that and say, you know, tell people you've got to get in community. If you're not, then you know you're not going to be growing, and kind of come down on a hard a hard mm. line. Or you can or you can uh, continue to encourage that, but think through what are the other ways that in communities that people are actually connecting. So the other thing that I'm seeing where people are forming community and choosing community is around serving groups. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether or not it's uh, in, a, in, in our cafe, that team of people are finding a sense of community in that area. You know, Mike's you know, role yeah. here around the worship team, that is some of them may not all be in a connect group, but that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a community in and of, its, in and of yeah. itself. It's a serving community. So what can... You know what can leaders do? What can pastors do to facilitate 
community in that's a bit more, I don't know, in a more organic way and centered mm. around some of the strengths and the gifts that actually people yeah. uh, that people have. Mm. Uh, so I think, yeah, I'm never one who wants to try to just fight what's going on. I think you have to challenge it, but I'm probably one who's wanting to try to find out, yeah, yeah look yeah. for other alternatives and to celebrate yeah. those serving ministries that people are actually yeah. Yeah, involved in. Because even you just take our church, you know, in the size of our church, probably according to many of the church metrics, we probably don't have enough connect groups in relation to the mm-hmm. number of people mm. that would call our church home. Uh, but I know that there are there are you know, many, many, many people who aren't connected in connect groups but actually have a very strong sense of community and yeah. connection into the life of the church. Mm. So I think you want to celebrate some of those yeah, those mm. additional mm. connection points too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, build on the existing sense of community instead of correct like forcing what what seems to be you yeah. know, the system that every other church is it's using, using. Yeah. yeah and work work with the strengths that yeah. you know, mm. always ask the question what's working and how do you how do you move that into something yeah. you know well you're always yeah. going to do better i think trying to get a 7 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10 than you are a 3 out of 10 to a 5 out of 10 like just the yeah. wins are going to be better in yeah. the other way so work on what's working mm. yeah i think i think you're right in the sense that um you know people People often do, and um, you know, while while they have a, they may have a sense of community here. They have may have a sense of community elsewhere. So I think of people that are, you know, involved in sporting clubs or things like that. Um, you know, ha, ha, like <clears throat> how how do we um, like you know, and that that's all taking up people's time. You know, that that's something that they they enjoy. How do we? Um, I guess how, how do we encourage that as as far as the church is um, you know concerned because you know we are uh, as as people we are kind of you know in need of community whether that's Christian community or you know secular community or whatever so from from a Christian perspective what how do you how do you see mm. the value of say you know someone as part of our church that's you know seeking to be part of a you know significant part of a sporting team as well like mm-hmm. how do you yeah well look i i'd only be encouraged i think mm. it's great you know to be honest um to be part of other other communities that mm. aren't uh that aren't church world you know you know because what, what do we learn we learn from that don't we we yeah. learn uh we learn what people are actually the questions that people are actually asking in the world and a mm. lot you spoke about series last year as a church we looked at the idea of everyone has influence and the idea that um how do we actually be an influence in our spheres of influence so someone like myself mm. i uh i'm never going to be in the drama world you know <laughs> or in the you know i don't know in the badminton you know world yeah. but uh other people are and so how can how can they live out you know jesus and so there's actually a problem sometimes when we're continually asking people to do things in our mm. uh, Christian church community. Yeah. We actually need to uh, hear when we gather together, you know, equip, train, challenge, um, provide the accountability, but then to send people actually into other mm. other communities. And that's what you yeah. mentioned before. That's, that's the sending That's the aspect, sending part right? of yeah. the community. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, if you build... Uh, our relationships aren't, and this is probably one of the challenges in the church, you know, because we people have wanted not to be tainted by sin, they wanted to not be mm. tainted by the, you know, by their friends and their peers in the world, but it's a problem actually, you know, that's where we're meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I, I'd never want to <laughs> discourage people being involved in in uh, in other in other communities. And in fact, 
yeah, encourage it and be part of being salt and light mm. in those in those communities. Because if we're yeah. just gathered here, then we've got a then we've got a problem. Yeah, um, we are called to be salt and light with the people that we uh, that laugh with us and love us and yeah. like us. So who are those people? Yeah. You know, who are those people that uh, yeah that like us? You know, and uh, we can yeah we can connect with. Let's let's do that. Let's be there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I, I guess that's you know like us almost not fully understanding this this tagline that you know has been around for a long time of you know we're called to be in the world not of the world yeah. but we yeah. we struggle with that I think of yeah. you know what what does that actually mean because you know we're we're called into Christian community but if that's a you know like if my sports team is in a Christian community like how do I sit there? Yeah. Yeah. whilst not being in that but yeah. not of it like i think we struggle with that so we tend to withdraw ourselves away from it but you're kind of saying nah. no no go go into it and be and be part of it be be the difference be the salt and the light and mm. you may need to have other people around you to help you to do that because it, it yeah. can be easy to uh, to get lost into that world, but if there's a mm. real intentionality to just love people in there, yeah, uh, not to necessarily save them. That's not our role's not to uh, get somebody across a line. Mm. Uh, our role's mm. to to love them and let the spirit then you know do, yeah. do that work. But let's be intentional about uh, about engaging, yeah, in other in other communities and mm. other other groups. I think. Yeah, and I, I think that's the, the the importance of the right theology as well coming into that conversation because, like you just said, you know, people might have this mentality of, well, I'm going to be actively involved in a sports club or whatever, and my goal is not necessarily to love people, but to um, I don't know, make sure they make a decision for Jesus or yeah. pray the sinner's prayer or whatever. So, yeah, I think being part of um, a Christian community with an appropriate teaching and a good theology of what it, what it is that we're actually doing mm. uh, is super crucial. I think that you're exactly right. Like, if you're going in, if you're going in with a... Like, people aren't stupid today. Um, people see through, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, motivation. If you're just going in there to try to convert or to save someone. Mm. But if you're... What I'm at least trying to do, and I'm not in a, I'm not an evangelist. That's not my um, my gifting. Uh, I've learned and trying to get better at actually just sharing Jesus and being more bold mm, yeah, with yeah. my faith. But if my part of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help people just get a better grasp of who Jesus is from the time that they're with me. Mm. That that's partly my idea. If someone can move on from a, a an understanding of Jesus that's a a one out of ten to a two out of ten, you know, mm, I'm. Yeah. I'm I like that. Yes, and, yeah. and then part of the other little lens that I'm kind of looking through is saying, how do I help to disciple people just towards Jesus? Um, it, like what does it look like for them just to, because we disciple towards Jesus, don't we? Like, mm. People aren't just Christians and then they're disciples. We're actually discipling them on the way yeah. Yeah, uh, right. to understanding who Jesus is. So how do we do that uh, in, a, in a, helping to understand the goodness of God, the grace of God, the, his beauty and the challenges that he lays down, mm. you know, mm. as well. So, mm. And then let the Spirit do the, let the, Spirit do the work in, in the conversion. That's not Dan's role. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Well, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go off script for a second. I know <laughs> I don't do that very often. Wow, that's <laughs> Mike, you're rolling. Role, that's role just, reversal. Uh, <laughs> Um, I just wanted to ask, like, you know, with, with um, you know, the lens of your 
your role as uh, you know, a lead pastor of a, of a church, um, like big question for you, how do you see that? What, like, how do you see what your actual job or actual <laughs> role is um, in pastoring a church? Uh, normally I'd like to reverse this question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think I can, I can answer that. Um, yeah. I think part of it also, let me just preface it by saying each, I think each church is a different community, it's a family, it's, it's, all, mm. it's all different. So there are different pastors and leaders needed for each different yeah. um, environment, generation and church as well. Mm. Yeah. For where I find myself in the context here, uh, I feel that the best image, I guess, of what it means to pastor, to lead a community like this is as a... Uh, as a shepherd mm-hmm. or I'd probably even use the language of a father or a dad mm. uh, because part of the role is like we're fa- like firstly it's a recognition we're a family mm. but this is not a machine yeah right it's a it's a family it's a collection a gathering of the people of, of the people of God so it's actually about uh, trying to and as a father or as a dad it's about sharing vision mm. it's about saying hey here, here's where we're going Right, it's about um, being the cultural curator mm. uh, of the values and holding those things. And and one of the biggest things that I find is that uh, and I was kind of alluding to this earlier as well. But part of the role is to keep people on mission. It's mm. easy to get off of mission. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to just get caught into who we are. And so part of my role, and as a as the church dad or the church father, is to say. Hey, family. We. What's our purpose? What's our big? What's our why? What's our red hot why? And mm. it's that um, we would follow Jesus and we would make disciples. Of dis- you know, who make disciples that we would plant churches, mm. believing that there's more. That mm. God's got more. You know, what do you what do you say to your kids? You say, you know, that you know you help them to grow up into everything that they they mm. are into maturity, and you say that God's got more for you. Mm. You know, and so to, to believe for that. Um, so that would be probably one of the key things as a role. Mm. Uh, that I would say, and of course, then you've got all your the importance of your teaching and your you know your gatherings and uh, what you're actually what people are learning. But but I, I don't know here. I I feel just being that um, yeah the and setting an example. I think that's the other key thing. And and you do this as a you know as a father or a dad. You actually you people imitate. So mm. what what I what I do or what I say gets imitated, and that's the important thing of being together as well in the community is that this is one of the reasons, this is a bit of an aside here as well, but one of the reasons why it's important that we don't isolate ourselves as Christians is mm. because of the imitation piece. Yeah. Um, I, I learned to worship by watching other people worship. You know, mm. I learned to pray by listening to other people pray. Mm. Um, I learned what it looks like to, um, you know, to, to follow Jesus in various different ways by, you know, just seeing how different people did their marriages or how people shared uh, you know, shared Jesus in certain circumstances, mm. or how they acted with patience or kindness. So, we that's that's what happens, and so imitation is a really important thing too as a uh, as a pastor. But I, I think the other thing too is just to always recognise uh, that the importance of just being. It's about people. Like on a Sunday morning, one of the things that I try to do every Sunday, and I fairly well think that I do this every Sunday that I'm here, I'll at least spend 15, 20 minutes uh, welcoming people as they come into the service. Now, that's not yeah. what everyone, every pastor can do. I get that. But where we are at the size of our church and just who I am, I want to make sure I'm uh, knowing people's names. You know, we, I don't know every 
person's name in that church too big to be able to do mm. that. But I'm working my darndest to try to yeah. Yeah. know who everybody is and to, to love people, uh, to you know say that I'm present as well because if you're not, then it's a way, it's a message that you're sending mm. that people don't people don't matter and and a dad and a shepherd is present you know uh uh with their people so i don't know that's probably the that's probably one of the key things that i see in terms of what it looks like to be a yeah to be a mm. pastor so. it's good stuff man yeah <laughs> good yeah Mike, you have other questions off script or no, no. You're I'm waiting for your follow up to my my off scriptness. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well I was going to ask, uh, just maybe slightly in relation to what you just said about being the shepherd, being the father figure in the church. So I'm sensing and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sensing that maybe in this uh, system or maybe system is not the best word if we're talking about family, but Organism. this is Relationality, yeah. yeah. Um, you see, do you, how do you see what's the importance of, of preaching and sort of being that um, that authority from the platform that's equipping, teaching the family hmm. to uh, to follow Jesus? Is is there? Would you value relationality more than teaching? Yeah, interesting. Uh, so, I. <laughs> How do I how do I how do I answer this one? Um, <laughs> yes and no. So please I, explain. <laughs> yeah. So I I I think people if they're coming to a church or new to a church, I'm I'm not proud enough to think that or is that the word? I'm not proud enough to, or silly enough maybe to think yeah. that they're just coming for my preaching or right. for the preaching <laughs> of our community. Mm. People stay because of community and connection. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I think that that's one of the most important things. The first of all is to have that sense of connection and community that if people, because what will happen is there's, I believe there's a travelator that runs from the front door to the back door of a church. Mm. And if and you can be in that on that travelator and if you don't step off of that travelator into community, mm. then you're just going to go straight through from the front door, straight out the back door. It might take three months, six months, nine months, but you're on your way out mm. if you don't step into community. Now, in that three, six, nine months, you might have heard some amazing messages and teaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you'll still be out the back door of the church. Yes. Um, unless you step off of it and step in and choose community. Mm. Uh, so I say that that's, uh, that's just key and, and critical because so much more discipleship happens one-on-one and with people. Uh, you don't disciple from a platform. That's, okay, that's the point. You disciple up close and personal. And this is why we have to follow Jesus together. We have to be able to look at other people and actually look at what it looks like to follow Jesus. So how, which always asks the more challenging question of people in the community rather than just the pastor, but are you living a life that's worth following? Mm-hmm. Are you are you living a life that's worth imitating? Uh, because that's where it's, that's the rub of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with all that said, that's not do it all so that our preaching is not important uh, because it is. And mm-hmm. without it, uh a church can go down all sorts of all sorts of ways, and yeah. uh, so I highly value the Word of God and value standing up and teaching and preaching, and because it's it's amazing with preaching is that you know the reality is this that I spent you know hours preparing a message, and by Wednesday probably a lot of people have forgotten it, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, which is why you try to use your Instagram posts and everything to yeah. encourage people more. Mm, but yeah. probably it's probably it's been uh, forgotten. But you, 
it makes a difference because you and I are only who we are because of all the different messages that we've heard. We mm. we might not be able to remember what was preached last, you know, last January. Yeah. Um, but for some way, it shaped you. Yes, mm. um, it shaped our community, and so mm. we have to have a high value, you know, on that. But let's also recognise too that in a in in church world community is yeah is what will probably mm. make a lot of people stick. So I like that answer. Good. Mm. Very good, Michael. I think I'm, I think I'm out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like processing what you were saying just yeah. then about about that. Well, just what, you know, one other thing on that is that uh, oh, now I'm going to forget what I was going to say. Um, is that you can get kind of what I was sharing about earlier too. You can get content from anywhere. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, you can yeah. listen to the best preachers, you know, mm. online. You can go and listen to Levi Lasko if you want to, Craig Grishel, Tim Keller. You can go online and listen to, you know, Kerry Newhoff, whoever you want to listen to. Mm. Um, I've just was listening to NT Wright just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And so you can do all of that. But uh, you come to a community here and you you might not get the greatest you know, teaching compared to that, but mm. what you don't, what you, what that cannot give you online, is uh, the presence of other people and people yeah. that you can actually imitate, follow. You can rub mm. up against who can frustrate you when you have to learn forgiveness, mm. who can frustrate you when you have to learn patience, yeah. mm. uh, who you have to be kind to. You don't have an older person sharing their wisdom or a younger people person sharing their enthusiasm. Mm. So. All that stuff only happens when you actually do life. Uh, you do life together. Yeah. 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 So I think I think as well, like a lot a lot of those preachers you just mentioned, like we're sitting here in Australia and they're, they're in American. American. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're speaking into um, largely a lot of a different yeah. culture than yeah. um, you know what something a local church would be you know, saying and that kind of thing. While you know the Bible yeah. is still the same and all of that kind of stuff, how they're applying it. Um, into yeah their particular churches or whatever um, is going to be you know a little bit different Absolutely. as well. Yeah. So if we're just hearing you know, yeah all the American stuff and all that kind of stuff on our podcast and all that kind of stuff, it's going yeah. to be yeah a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I would say I would say do it still. Like yeah. make sure, <laughs> like listen, get as much as you can yeah. do, but yeah. the but don't disconnect yourself from a local church. Mm. Yeah. Don't disconnect connect yourself from a local pastor. Uh, who's going to learn to become like that if we're not providing a platform for other people to actually have a yeah. crack and to preach? Mm. Uh, so, and there is something about the voice of a local of a local pastor or a local pastoral t- lead, um, preaching team or something that can mm. speak in uh, that we don't want to under, undervalue. So mm. have it both end, like, but invest and, you know, bring your, Bring your pads and listen to what's happening locally. Write things down. Take your notes and do that because it's important from mm. uh, from a local church. And the other thing, you know, you mentioned um, American um, preachers and whatever. I I think it's a good point you raise. Like one of the things I'm trying to do more so now is to also listen to uh, uh, teachers and uh, communication and hints and learns that come from um, Europe. Yeah, uh, from you know, from London, from Ireland, about faith there, because yeah. in, in a way, in Australia, we're 
uh, we are in a in a pre-Christian, you know, culture or you know post post-Christian culture, mm. however you want to call it. But there are people who are growing up now who have no idea of who Jesus is. Yeah. Whereas in America, still, I think it's still a little bit more attached to uh, Christianity culture, and so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ha- yeah, listening to other voices from the other uh, other world mm. as such than the uh, than um, than America is a really helpful corrective too. Yeah, that's yeah. another whole conversation that I'm, yeah. <laughs> that I'm not know, know enough about. But it's just fascinating. Yeah. It's one that yeah. I'm just trying to yeah understand yeah. more about now. Yeah. So I was just going to ask quickly. So because you mentioned a few names there before, anyone in particular that you're learning from uh, in Australia or America, like. Uh, in terms of uh, theology or preachers or well, ministry, UK. or UK, UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a big NT Wright fan, so wanting to learn as much as I can uh, from him. Uh, really appreciating, you know, and this is uh, Tim Tim Keller too. Uh, that's probably the two go tos for me. Mm. Uh, but I, yeah, I I'm not really yeah necessarily picky. I just like to learn from. I think it's yeah. good, like. If you, you know, if you look at my bookshelf here, I've got people from all sorts of mm. uh, positions. I think it's really important that we avoid the echo chamber of yeah. just uh, uh, looking at our lens of how we uh, view and understand Scripture and just come with a posture of learning all the time mm. and a posture of listening. Uh, if we don't do that, then I think we're 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 not we won't become fully rounded in our mm. uh, in our in, in in our faith. Uh, you know, because if you think you know it all, well. I don't know. I think there's some problems with that. <laughs> I think you, know had a few you probably things. don't. You probably don't. <laughs> Jesus had a few things to say about all yeah. of that. And so, yeah. uh, so I do actually like to listen and to read uh, quite widely and widely, on yeah. different and people who would hold different perspectives and, mm. yeah, and views to me. Cool. Mm. Cool. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for yeah, no chatting to us today. appreciate your time thanks. and your insights. Thanks Been for having us. Well, having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs>